For an allegedly international touring headliner Gabriel Rutledge isn't traveling very far for the next few weeks. June 16th Aberdeen, Washington. June 17th Moses Lake, Washington. June 18th Tigard, Oregon. June 21st Snohomish, Washington. June 23rd Raymond, Washington. June 24th Natchez, Washington. June 25th and 26th Gabriel is going to the east coast of Washington. Shulan, Washington. I can't pronounce Shulan right. C-H-E-L-A-N. Shulan. Fuck it. You're not going anyway. For all of Gabriel's show dates and ticket links go to GabrielRutledge.com. Or don't. If you would like to support this podcast by subscribing for $5 a month, click the Substack link in the episode notes. You won't get any extra episodes, but Gabriel will think warm thoughts about you. And now it's time for the drive home with Gabriel Rutledge. Play the royalty-free hip-hop music. Now here's your host, Gabriel. Hey, bitches! Evidence would suggest that I only put deodorant on my left armpit today. which is a level of absent-mindedness that uh, I find concerning. Like, forgetting it entirely makes more sense to me than, like, just one armpit and then being like, yeah, we did it. Uh, Just finished a hot fucking show in Portland, Oregon on a Monday night. And by hot show, I mean, hey, our last few, we had to bring out extra chairs. It was packed, but I don't know what the fuck's going on tonight. Five people. Uh, five people, a couple of comics, a couple of staff members at the Zed in Portland, Oregon. They were a fine five. They hung in. It's not easy being an audience of five, but they, it was fine. I did my jokes. They listened. By the way, I'm not an expert, obviously, but why why is fruit the thing? Why is fruit always the same word? Why is it like banana, pineapple? Mossy, blueberry pancakes. Blueberry pancakes. <laughs> well, that's a mouthful. <laughs> I feel like you gotta pick one or the other. <laughs> like if there's something you really don't like, but blueberry pancakes, that's a sentence, buddy. <laughs> I'd go with blue, that's all you're gonna get out. You got something in a hole you don't want. Blue! You know what I mean? <laughs> Blueberry pancake sounds like an old man who likes it. <laughs> well, blueberry pancakes, the war's over. I really didn't want to pitch my merchandise. And then I'm like, you know what? You already said yes to this show. It's paying you less than you should say yes to. This is your job, Chuckle Monkey. Pitch your merch. Sure, Portland hipstery types don't tend to buy merch, but Portland hipstery types don't have a family of five. So pitch your stupid merch. And then I did. I pitched it to those five people. 
And then I was afraid I was going to sell none. In fact, I was convinced I was going to sell none because, you know, going over five is not even that bad. Uh, but that is always a weird feeling to take time out of your set. It's not a long time, but to take time out of my comedy set and be like, I have merch for sale, and then to stand there like an asshole as no one buys anything is a unpleasant feeling. But one man bailed me out and I sold a t-shirt. So thank you, one man. I put my, uh, I mentioned a couple episodes ago, I, I, I have like an online store, still not on my website for some reason, but I guess I could put it in the episode notes. If you want a Northwest AF t-shirt or a Party Like a Coinstar t-shirt or a signed book, I guess I'll put that link in the episode notes because I sold a couple uh, when I did that a couple episodes ago. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do a Facebook post and an Instagram post and then I will boost them, meaning I would pay money so people could see them, people who are not my followers. And man, it's just chaos in the comments. It's just people, because what the shirt is, it says Northwest AF. It's a map. It's Washington, Oregon, Idaho. I don't know how you make a picture of a map on a shirt political. But people are in the comments like, fuck Idaho, those redneck pieces of crap. Other people are like, I'd buy it if it didn't have Seattle and Portland in it. And they're like, I don't... What version of the Northwest doesn't have Seattle or Portland in it? I'm not sure. Look, it would make more sense to have a Washington as fuck shirt, an Oregon as fuck shirt, and an Idaho as fuck shirt. But, you know, I'm trying to be able to sell it in all three states and not, you know... Give me a break. Just buy it or don't. I'd buy an Endland Northwest t-shirt. Then make it yourself. People are screaming about Trump. I'm trying to sell some t-shirts. People are screaming about Trump. I sold two t-shirts from my boosted posts, which means I broke even. I feel bad for the booker of the show I just did because uh, she definitely lost money paying me money. But, you know, what am I going to do? It is certainly not the first time a producer has lost money on a Gabriel Rutledge show. I did one of the craziest shows I've ever done in my comedy career a couple nights ago in the town of Forks, Washington. Forks, Washington, uh, logging town. I actually felt like when I was there, it was like looking at what my future could have been. I did not come from Forks, Washington, but I do come from South Bend, Washington, which is also a logging town, also about the same size, 3,000 people or so. 
So, you know, it's weird to think about what your life might have been under different circumstances. If I had stayed in South Bend, what would I be doing? Meth or fentanyl, you know? There's no way to know now. Uh, unlike South Bend, Washington, Forks is now famous for a different reason because of the Twilight book and movie series that is uh, a fictional story of a vampire, not a documentary about vampires and werewolves, but it allegedly takes place in Forks, Washington. And so that whole town is just like, hey, while you're buying a your groceries, do you want a Team Edward t-shirt? There's stores that are just full of Twilight t-shirts and merchandise. Uh, which, you know, good for Forks, I'm sure. It's a couple extra bucks their way. I took my children, two of them, I uh, took my girls to Forks because my, my wife was uh, out of town at uh, Sad Kid Camp. <laughs> uh, my wife is a counselor at a children's grief camp. They haven't had it for a couple years, or um, I think it was like a daytime thing last year, but now, you know, it's, it's supposed to be an overnight thing. Uh, yes, my wife volunteers to go to a camp for grieving children who have lost, you know, usually a parent, but it could be a sibling, could be a grandparent, that kind of thing. Does that make her a better person than me? Yeah, probably. I'm not a particularly religious man, but if there is a heaven, I'm hoping they have a plus one system, and I haven't pissed off my wife recently before her death, because that is my only hope of getting in. Because if you volunteer at a camp for grieving children and you don't get into heaven, what is the point? She loves it. Don't get me wrong. If I was there, I would probably have a... It could probably be a decent time, but it's not the thing that looks like, yeah, I'd love to do that. I'd love to be around devastated children who are grieving. That sounds great, but my wife loves it. You know, she lost her dad when she was in high school. I think she's counseling herself as well. Uh, so anyway, I took my daughters to Forks, Washington. Had a great time. If you have a large family, something weird happens where anytime you break into segments, like, if your family of five is together, there's usually some bickering. But if it's, like, three of you or two of you, any different configuration, all of a sudden everything's getting along great. Just my daughters? Oh, man, we had a good time. So fun. Sometimes my wife and I get along better when we're not together, too. So fun. No. I would love to go somewhere with just my wife. But, 
Uh, that has not happened in a while. But yeah, had a great time with my daughters. We went we went to the, the beach, which is about, yeah, it's about a 20, 15, 20 minute drive from Forks. Uh, and it's not like a sandy beach. I think it was in the Twilight movie, but uh, it's all rocks, but like smooth rocks. And uh, my youngest daughter, Olive, uh, has ADHD. I'm not, uh, she doesn't care if I tell you. And I don't know what it is about her ADHD brain, but when she sees a whole bunch of really tiny things that she can organize and systematically play with in some way, something clicks in her brain. I mean... I saw it at my parents' house because they had a they had a big uh, uh, like a box of marbles, and my Olive got it out and just like it's not like she has joy on her face. It's seriousness. It's just like okay, I'm gonna make piles of five. Okay, I'm gonna do all the blue ones here. I'm gonna do all the you know she makes up and she was doing that with rocks. We we're just collecting rocks on the beach and. Pretty soon she's like breaking rocks with bigger rocks and making small. It's like something just clicks in her brain where she's just like, yes, this makes sense. This is what I was born to do. Organize piles of things. Uh, we had a great time at the beach. We also went to a beachcomber museum because there ain't shit to do in Forks, Washington. Except, uh, vote for Trump and make babies. There ain't shit to do in Forks, Washington. So, I was just looking at the hotel literature. Okay, motel, you got me. Uh, and it was like, John's Beachcomber Museum. And, uh, we went. And the reason it was called John's Beachcomber Museum is because it was the museum of one man, John who has spent his entire life, he is now retired, he spent his entire life collecting things from the beach. Crazy amounts of things, like just a pile of a hundred shoes, uh, a bunch of gross, dirty, sea-damaged toys, a pile of them, a bunch of glass, you know, a bunch of uh, glass rocks in piles, uh, stuff that fell off boats, like, uh, apparently that happens quite a bit. Just like a container of, like, rubber balls will come to the shore or whatever. And this, uh, sweet lunatic John just collects them all. Sure, it's probably a sign of a larger mental disorder. But we enjoyed the fruits of it. We had a good time at John's Beachcomber Museum. Who wouldn't want to see a crate of rubber chickens that fell off of a barge in 1978? Anyway, I was in Forks to do a show for the graduating class of Forks High School. Class of 2022, go Spartans. Uh, I was not 
feeling great about the show. It just sounded like a challenge before I even got there. It was actually at an Elks club, which I was happy about. That's better than in a high school gym or something, but... You know, it just doesn't sound like it's going to be a great time. It sounds like a real challenging show. You know, all 18-year-olds and some parents. And I have to do an hour. It paid good, but, you know. I get to the gig. I see all the kids out front, all of the Spartans, all the senior Spartans are out front, uh, taking turns riding a mechanical bull. I go inside, there's like video games set up for people to play, there's a a photo booth, I took one myself, there's all kinds of stuff happening, uh, stuff that says to me, you are not needed here. There is a mechanical bull out front. No one wants to listen to a 48-year-old man tell some funny ha-has tonight. And when you go to an event like this, it's just it's just constant working before it starts, working to make sure it has its best chance of working. Like Hey, here's your stage. And I have to go, are there lights? Are there any lights? Oh, maybe there's a light. Let's turn a light. Okay, I found a stage light. The mic works. Uh, They're like, well, we got to start at nine, but all the kids are still out bull riding. And I'm like, you don't have to start at nine. I mean, sure, my daughters were at a motel room in Forks. So I didn't want to leave them too much longer than I had to. But I'm like, no, you don't, I am not having you go, hey, stop riding the bull. There's a guy who did comedy on Nick Jr. many years ago who's going to entertain you this evening. So I'm like, let him ride the bull. And then they're like, okay, we'll have you start when they come in and start eating tacos. And I go, no, 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 please, please, please let me go after they've eaten tacos. That's like the first rule of corporate private gig comedy. You can't compete with full mouths. Please let them at least get started eating before I have to start. They bring them in. Finally, they're eating the tacos. They get kind of settled. Actually, they ate tacos and then left. And I'm like, ah, shit. Maybe I should have done them while they were eating tacos. They kind of round them up. They get them back in. I get introduced. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, I don't know. How many people knew there was going to be a comedian tonight? None. That's great. Comedy is not a great surprise. Hey, stop riding a bowl and eating tacos. Let's listen to this asshole. (laughs) Funny, I made a couple. I thought they would shit on... Twilight being a part of their town. So I kind of made a joke about how every place I went in Forks was trying to sell me uh, Twilight gear. 
Uh, but then there was a there was a girl who was into it. She was like, "No, it's real. I love Twilight." Hey, congratulations, class of 2022. I'm gonna start with that. Yeah, you did it. You did it. You're baby adults. Let's go. Let's go. Let's make some bad decisions. Let's go. Your town today. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are really trying to say every place is like, hey, you want gas and a Twilight t shirt? <laughs> they're real. Neither. They're real. Okay. All right. I didn't... What team are you? Jacob. <laughs> you said that like he is real. <laughs> Jacob. I walk the beach at night! Uh, spoiler alert, she's gonna come up a little bit later in this conversation. So, the show is like... The show is like... Some of the jokes I'm doing are not doing well. What is doing well is when I make fun of them. The problem with that is, I gotta do an hour. I can't roast this graduating class of 52 students for an hour. Yeah, forks ain't that big. 52 students. Actually, uh, one of the adults told me it's usually around 70, but COVID cost them some. And I first I'm like, death? Then I'm like, no, they don't mean that. And then I meant like, then I thought, do they mean like there was an outbreak so they're not at the party? And then I realized, oh, they just mean when they shut down school because of COVID, at least 20 of the people were like, ah, fuck, I'm out. I'm done. I got a job uh, selling Twilight t-shirts at the gas station. What do I need high school for anyway? So that's what they meant. Anyway, I can't just roast these kids for that long. Uh, so it's this weird thing where, like, I make fun of people. Uh, you know, there was a kid who looked old. As, you know, turns out he was 20. Uh, I'm making fun of him. It's going well. By the way, I don't know if uh, if it's hormones in the milk or something in the forest water, but some of you 18-year-olds look 32. I don't know what the hell. He's 20. Let's not all point at the guy who might have struggled a little bit. I... You're going to need him to buy beer in a year. Be cool. Be cool. Wow. You guys got no chill. You're like, right there, right there. This, this dude in the mustache, he's old as hell. You don't need a fake ID, man. You look like you have a 13-year-old. And then that kind of dies down. And I go like, okay, back to my act. Whatever version of my act I'm trying to do for high school seniors, and then it's like, so I'm going from like, on a one to 10 scale of laughter, I'm going from like a nine or 10 
to, like, the polite chuckles of a one or two in the span of, like, from bit to bit. It's like, killing nothing. Killing nothing. It's like, at least I'm having some moments, but it is not a comfortable show. I felt like I had no momentum the whole time. Here's where it gets exciting. Uh, I I bring up that my birthday is December 26th, and after I do that, someone in the crowd, one of the kids, points to a girl and goes, that's her due date. By the way, my birthday is December 26th. That's not a good birthday. You're right. It's a terrible birthday. My mom lied and said it made me special. She was wrong. It did not. You don't want a birthday one day after Jesus' birthday. That's her due date. Well, this is a forks party. This one, Jacob, Team There's four, there's four, there's four that we know of. There are four present. Guys, I was kidding about the bad decisions. There could be five. The night is young. Anyone talk to the bowl? I don't know what's going on out there. Well, congratulations. For a couple of reasons for some of you. Congrats on graduating and congrats on it being a big year. Oh, that's, that's, I was not ready for that. I'm sorry. I was not, I was not prepared. I'm glad you're here. Feel free to get up and pee as many times as you'd like. There, there were four Pregnant girls in a class of 52 in the Forks High School graduating class. Four out of 52. And then when I what what I was while I was talking about other stuff, someone held up their phone with uh, text on it. Like I don't know, I don't have that app where you can make like big text on your phone. And it said, uh, he's a dad. And she was pointing to the kid in front of her. Um, t- yeah. Turns out this kid had a, had a two-year-old. And I'm saying things to these 18-year-old, well, one kid was 20, but mostly 18-year-old, just graduated high school students, that in my wildest Dreams. I never thought I would be singing while performing for high school students. Look, they told me not to be clean. They're like, we kind of don't want you to be clean. We want you to keep their attention. But, like, the shit that ended up coming out of my mouth about pregnant Forks teenagers was so not on my set list. <laughs> you know what? It's just this is what's happening is I have so many 
jokes I'm almost saying right now. And then I'm like, mm-mm, not that one. Mm -mm, not that one. Let's just go with congratulations. <laughs> No, I'm not gonna say it. I don't know if I should. Part of me is like, I mean, look, life is complicated. Maybe yours is gonna be a little more complicated. Who gives a shit? You'll be fine. Things happen. You'll be, you'll be fine. But part of me is like remembering me in high school, and I'm like, kind of jealous. <laughs> Like, damn, I wish I could have made a mistake like that in high school. Maybe I had less beach access or something. But... I mean, I had girlfriends in high school. I'm not going to be judged by this graduating class. I had girlfriends in high school. I did pretty good in my church youth group. You know, buddy. I didn't come here to drive home and tell, but I did pretty well. If this shows off the rails, I'm really starting to like it. I'm really starting to like it. He's a dad. Okay. Good Lord. How many of you had to pay? babysitter to go to your graduation and or get a shift off at the mill. What the hell is going on? Why are, you guys are just fast forwarding adulthood here. You're like, hey, two years old. You're, hey, let's a two year, no, you're, you're fine. You're fine. No, you're not. You're not fine. You're not Fine, this is actually an intervention. I'm not a comedian. They told me to come here and tell you to get your shit together. <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, I guess that's why they told me I didn't need to be too clean. They're adults. Yes, they are some of them. I was in I was in high school hoping to grab a boo. You guys are like, who's got daycare? Who's got daycare? Like, did, did COVID shut it down again? Son of a bitch! I guess COVID didn't shut everything down. Class of 2022. Somebody was within six feet of each other at some point. You weren't wearing a mask or anything else. Okay, that's far enough. I think that's... Oh my gosh. I've been doing this 21 years. I will never forget this night. I... Oh, I mean, I'm just putting it out there. Maybe name one of the kids Gabriel. It would mean a lot to me. And then again, a couple minutes later, <laughs> I'm not doing that well. Uh, but I gutted it out. Actually, the mom of the, you know, it's funny because it's like, 
I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make fun of people anymore. I have this momentum from talking about pregnant people. Now my act's going to kill. It didn't. So I just go right back to the... Uh, somebody, somebody in the crowd was talking to me about how they don't like country music. And I said, uh, it's just like desperation. You're just like... It's like you're falling down a cliff and you're looking for a handle to grab onto is how it feels performing a comedy show like that. So like there's a lull, someone says something about country music, I'm talking to her, I see the guy, I immediately go like, I'm going right back to you, buddy, I'm so sorry. I need, I need this. You're looking at me and you think I listen to country? I don't, I, I don't. <laughs> about the anger in the forest community right now. <laughs> I am up here trying to spread joy. What do you listen to, music-wise? Anything but country. Anything but country. That's fine. That seems like a controversial opinion. Not that. <laughs> country, buddy. You, 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 I, got, I got you. Guy with the two-year-old, you've done it on a tractor. Come on, man. <laughs> A big green tractor, okay? Well, it's forks, it's rusty, but it was originally green. I talked to uh, his mom. I talked to a tractor kid's mom after the show. Uh, and she uh, loved it, by the way. Thought it was hilarious her 18-year-old had a 2-year-old. They'll be fine. I mean, I don't want my daughters to have children at that age. But on, let's be honest, that's what nature thinks we're supposed to do. I think in some ways you're supposed to be a dum-dum when you get pregnant. You're not supposed to have, you're not supposed to have your whole life organized with interests and uh routines and then have a child at age 32 that's fucking devastating to your life if you still have at home and the next phase of your life is going to be maybe living on your own but with a baby what the fuck do you know what life well, obviously it's going to be a challenge but it's not it's not the feeling of like i want my life back you've never had a life i think that's when you're supposed to have kids And then you get divorced at 28 and have sex with the rest of the town. That's what God wants. I told I told my girls about it back in the motel later. And they were like, why do... Why were there so many pregnant girls? Is that like a small town thing? And I'm like, yeah, it is. I mean, I even remember... That was very common in South Bend, Washington, that, like, you know, half the girls would be pregnant or whatever uh, when they graduated high school. But they're like, why? Why do more teenagers get pregnant in a small town than... And I'm like, I don't exactly know the answer to that, other than I think they have less abortions. That's got to be part of it. 
just, you know, for religious, political, and small town reasons. Uh, but yeah, I don't, obviously it happens everywhere, but it is percentage wise. I mean, there was like three or 400 people who graduated in my son's senior class. Percentage wise, that would be, ah, shit, I'm bad at math, but let's say it's like five out of 50 was pregnant. That means 10 out of a hundred. So let's say there was 400 kids in my son's graduating class. Imagine 40 pregnant girls out of that class of 400 in the Olympia high school class of 2021. That would be crazy to see that many pregnant girls. 40? But that's the percentage of Forks, Washington. Go Spartans. So I don't know. It's I don't, I don't know all those reasons. But I also felt like... <laughs> no one was all that upset about it, which you shouldn't be. I don't, you know... I don't think it was plan A, but it's like, hey, that's that's what life had dealt them. They were laughing at it, you know? I actually learned after the show, seven Forks High School seniors were pregnant, but only four of them graduated. Uh, so, look... All I'm saying is there's a reason that Forks High School is home of the Spartans and not the Trojans. I list, When I listen back to a little bit of my uh, audio recording of that show I did at that high school, I, <laughs> I was pausing so long. I'm hoping it didn't feel as long to the people in the room, but just knowing my own pace normally, I was pausing so... I've never spent more time thinking about the next words that were going to come out of my mouth as I had at that show, because it was just like, I want to say something they'll laugh at, but I do feel like there's a line I don't want to cross, but maybe they want me to cross it. So this, the gears in my brain were like grinding. And I was just like, why? This is, in some ways, really fun, but in some ways, like, man, this isn't what I thought comedy was. I should have dedicated my life to collecting people's glasses that washed up on the beach. But yeah, that was a wild one, man. Woo! I would still call the show a win, but... I lost some battles. I won the war, but I lost some battles for sure. I also had a fun show in Puyallup, Washington, uh, at Fierce County Cider. That's a little wordplay because it's in Pierce County. Fierce County 
cider. Uh, I actually learned, as the night unfolded, I learned that uh, I thought we were in Puyallup, Washington, but we were in unincorporated Pierce County. Whatever that means. I like cider. Cider is delicious, and it's also, I like to get drunk and get heartburn, so I love it. <laughs> of a venue or entertainment anywhere, we don't want a wireless mic. We want a wire. Wireless mics, the batteries dies, there's feedback issues. For the love of God, not every advancement in technology is better. Give me the wire. Anyway, it died. Uh, but, you know, it made for a fun moment. I want to know, unfortunately, our community
engineering college sweethearts is like adorable. Hell That's dirty. That's dirty talk. Why? Come on, Rutledge. You're, sometimes you perform for teenagers. Why are you doing jokes like that? A couple weeks ago, I was talking about the idea that because of social media, it's too much stimuli. It's too much information. I, I, I think the phrase I said was like, maybe we're not supposed to process all of the world's trauma all of the time. And because of the internet, we do that now. Seven billion people on the planet, and we kind of know what's happening with all of them. And uh, I don't think that's good for us. I'm certainly not the only one to have uh, voiced that theory, I guess you'd call it. Well, I heard someone kind of talking about that concept. I don't want to tell you who I heard talking about it, but I'm going to anyway. Uh, I heard Joe Rogan talk about it. Uh, I don't listen to Joe Rogan podcast, but occasionally uh, a clip will come across my YouTube watches. Uh, and I guess I feel about Joe Rogan, my, my opinion I am varies on what yours is. If you tell me you love Joe Rogan and he's the best thing ever, I'm like, come on, come on. He gets high every day and runs his mouth about things he doesn't need to. He shouldn't be your medical expert or whatever, you know. But if you tell me your opinion about Joe Rogan is that he is like some sort of alt-right, almost a Nazi, then I'm like, what are you talking about? Again, I don't listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, but I've seen enough clips to know that is... You might not like everything he says, but, like, Joe Rogan wanted to vote for Bernie Sanders. What are you talking about? Anyway, Joe Rogan was talking about that thing that I was talking about. Social media makes us aware of too many people. But he brought up something that uh, I had never heard of before. Uh, it's like the Dunbar theory. Who is Dunbar? I think he was an anthropologist. I don't know when. Uh, and I'm in my car, so I can't read a screen right now. But the, basically, the Dunbar theory hypothesis is human brains... What's the number breakdown? It's like five people we love. Sorry if you're in a family of six. There's like, we're wired to like love five people. Uh, have 15. We're like close friends. It's 50 we're acquaintances with. 150 maybe we're acquaintances with. I can't remember how the breakdown. And 1,500 that we should be able to visually recognize. So again, I'm sure there's competing theories, but the Dunbar thing is there are 1,500 people 
that your caveman brain is set up to be able to visually recognize. That's what that's what our brain is wired for. 1500 people. We still have the brain of people who live in a tribe. That's what our the biology of our brain is set up to do. It's like know what's going on in your village or your tribe. Every once in a while, someone brings news from the north. Well, the internet is news from not just the north, but also your crazy aunt who believes in QAnon. So I guess we're just not, we're not biologically ready for the internet. We don't have that brain yet. We still have 1,500 people as the most I should know brain. So maybe we're just in between an evolutionary period. You know, they always show the evolutionary chart. But they don't really show the growing pains in between the different phases on the evolutionary chart. You know, we're in the water, we get out of the water. They don't show the phase of the evolutionary chart where we're halfway out of the water, but then we're like, I'm gonna stay in here and pee real quick before I get out. And I think that's the evolutionary phase our brain is in right now with social media. Everyone's kinda anxious. I mean, life is filled with anxiety. Anxiety, you know, it keeps us alive. like we're in a tribe. But I was also wondering, because I've was i had a couple conversations with people recently that I don't talk to a lot, where, you know, I see them once in a while, and they're like, how you doing? And then they just kind of were like, I mean, I don't even know. I don't know how I'm doing. What's normal, feel like? You know, just sort of post-COVID, everyone's kind of fucked up. It just disrupted our life. And, uh, you know, it's got everyone kind of uneasy. But this is what I was wondering about. Because most of us didn't have anything that bad happen during COVID. It just, you know, there was a lot of anxiety and, you know. Yeah, a lot of people died, but it's like, it's not even like. Why is that worse trauma than people dying of cancer or any of those other things? You know, I... It's like it flipped open this anxiety part of our lizard brain, and we haven't... A lot of us haven't been able to close it down. But it made me think... Because there are people who have gone through great trauma. Especially, I don't know, let's, a typical, uh, let's take an immigrant story. I, it's anytime a white man says the word immigrant, it, you know, I feel like I'm running for mayor of Forks, but there are people who are, like when I worked in a Mexican restaurant many years ago, 
there were, <laughs> I can say this because it's closed down there. We, we had illegal aliens. We had not registered Americans or whatever you want to call them. Uh, we had people fresh from Mexico working at that Mexican restaurant. People who had left their families behind. People who had left poverty behind. Uh, people who had come over in some... Some of it sounded like not that stressful, but some of it was like, yeah, running away from people and hoping to not get caught. And uh, But like... It didn't seem like... I'm sure they had PTSD, and I'm sure trauma affected their life, but like on a daily basis, it was like a real lust for life. A lot of singing, a lot of dancing, a lot of laughing, a lot of drinking, a lot of uh, fun. Coming from circumstances that are much more traumatic than I have to sit at home because of COVID or I'm scared something might happen. People are coming from circumstances where things did happen. And they seem much better adjusted. So I'm just asking the question. Is it because American society was so soft? Obviously, there's poverty here. There's awful things that happen in America. There's, you know, racism. There's violence. There's, you know... I'm not saying it's just all rainbows and sunshine here in America, but as a culture, pretty universally recognized as soft because we can be, or at least we could be. Is that why no one's doing okay? Because things have been so easy that this disruption of life fucked us up that much? But there, there are people who are come from like war-torn countries that seem to be on a day-to-day -day basis doing much better mentally than Americans who are like, I just don't feel right anymore. I don't know. I mean, America hasn't always been soft. I mean, it's like people who, you know, people who lived through the Great Depression, you know, it would be like, I'm old enough to remember people who had relatives who lived through the Great Depression. They'd be like, oh yeah, well, grandma lived through the Great Depression, so she reuses paper towels. You know, because she came from a time where they had fucking nothing. And she doesn't want to go back to it. But instead of doing that, 
post-COVID were just like depressed. I mean, were people depressed after the Great Depression and during the Great Depression? They must have been. Of course. But I'm not getting a real roaring 20s sense out of what's going on right now. And maybe it's because COVID's not over. But, it, you know, people love going to comedy shows and music again and doing things again. But there's not like a real... Like, fuck yeah, we're back. Let's enjoy life. People are flinching. I don't put myself in the same category. I'm not saying I'm killing it. But it, has, it is weird. I don't, under, I don't understand the psychology of that. I don't understand the psychology of like... Uh, I mean, fuck, it seems like people who lived through the Holocaust did better mentally than people who lived through a pandemic where mostly really old people died and not even a high percentage of them. I'm not downplaying it. Like, it was significant. I'm not saying I'm not, you know. Maybe it's just the weirdness of it. I don't know, but it, it, uh, or maybe it's, maybe this is what it was always like after significant events that I'm just noticing now. I, I mean, I guess I would compare it to 9-11, but it didn't feel the same. Look, people were freaked the fuck out after 9-11-2001. Don't get me wrong. But it didn't feel like this. It didn't feel like... After 9-11, it wasn't like everyone needs medication now. Because we are a mess. But that is what it feels now. Uh, And anyone who works with kids right now, like my wife, is like, these kids are fucked up. You know, I think it'll even out in time. But. Things are a little wobbly. Uh, Both of my daughters uh, went to a gay pride event. In Olympia, Washington. Happy gay pride. Everyone. Is it for everyone or happy gay pride gay people? Either way, for all who celebrate. (laughs) Hey, happy gay holidays. I don't want to say Christmas, you know what I mean? Uh, For all of the letters in the LGBT plus. The Alphabet Mafia, I've heard it affectionately called. Actually, Monica Nevy has a joke where she said alphabet mafia. I don't know if she made that up. Maybe she did. Uh, But. Anyway. Shout out to gay people. I mean, not like when you see them walking by. Don't be like, gay! That's weird. 
You know what? Specifically, shout out to bisexual men. I feel like bisexual men get the least respect of any of those letters. Because, like, uh, you know, it's kind of based on some silliness, but a bisexual woman, a straight man's like, fucking nice, bro. That's hot. A bisexual man? I feel like a straight man is like, well, that guy's gay, not bisexual. And I don't think straight women have the same vibe towards bi men that straight men have towards bi women. I don't think any straight women would make any of the dumb jokes when they hear about a guy being bi. They wouldn't be like, cool, could, could I hold the camera? Like, that's not really the same vibe. So I'm going to specifically shout out bi men. Bi men. But my daughters went to the gay pride event. Uh, was not a parade. It was an event. And I don't... I mean, this is a sticky topic for a heterosexual man such as myself to discuss. But as things evolve, like, I'm sure the gay, gay pride parade, whenever it started in the 70s, was like, had much more of a fuck you attitude to it. It still does, kind of, but it's like, as it's more and more accepted, it's not entirely accepted, don't get me wrong. I, mean, I think they just busted some group of fucking Nazi knuckleheads or something in Idaho that was going to disrupt a gay pride event or something. But, as it's becoming more and more mainstream, it feels like these events are... kind of a celebration of not just uniqueness, but normalness. As in, hey, I'm not some deviant freak because I love who I love. I'm not immoral. I'm like you. I have a family. I have, uh, you know, we are all humans. You know, two two gay, you know, gay men there with their with their children or any variation, women or trans with whoever, and and it's like, hey, we're here too. We're just as viable. We're just as normal as you. We just happen to love a little different than the norm. So I feel like the whole, the thing, it kind of had that vibe of like a celebration of uniqueness and normalness.
and then you look over and there's a guy being led around on a leash wearing a dog mask with his balls hanging out of his leather g-string and you're like bro read the fucking room I mean I know at its core being gay means you're it's about what you're attracted to it's about what makes your parts have blood flow towards them but this is not a fetish pride event. And am I allowed to say that? I don't think I am. I don't think I'm allowed to say that as a heterosexual. We'll throw white in there too. I don't think I'm allowed to say that. But for fuck's sakes. My daughters couldn't be woker. Look, all of social media is saying to my eighth grader, and my fifth grader. You're not a basic bitch, are you? You better be one of the letters. Or if you are not one of the letters, you better struggle with depression because that is the only currency you can have on the internet. My daughters couldn't be more woke. But when they see a group of people wearing dog masks, they were like, yikes! Also, furries, look, furries. I'm also going to say it. It's not your fucking day. Furry is not a sexuality. It's a thing you like doing. I don't care. I don't care if you like wearing a dog mask. Good for you. You found something that makes your dick really hard, and I... That's great. I have no judgment of that whatsoever. Same with furries. I don't, you know, I don't understand these things, but who cares? I don't need to understand them. But if you if you want to be a furry, fine. But I don't think you're like a furry American in the way that it's like gay American or... <laughs> you're something that put a suit on. And there's people, especially old gay people, who have been around long enough to see some real shit, to see some some uh, some uh, persecution way beyond what is happening now. You see them walking around, and they've had a life of, of God knows what sort of hardship uh, because of their gayness. And you're dressed like Sonic the Hedgehog, and you're like, yeah, me too. Ah. I don't know. I think that's a bit of a... <laughs> that feels like false valor to me. I'm sure there's some challenges to being a furry. I mean, laundry, for one. 
I used to have a joke that had limited success about furries. Where I'm like, that's that's my concern. It's like, you know, having sex in a furry suit. That's a clean-up situation, man. That, that was my joke. That's the that's the laundry commercial I want to see. I don't want to see the Little League mom trying to get grass stains out of her kid's uniform. I want to see the one that's like, Tide, can you get shame out of my gopher costume? But then again, I guess there's some furries who are probably like, it's not a sexual thing. This is just how I like walking around. And I don't care. I, I don't... It's... I actually saw... I met someone once. One of the sexiest people I ever saw in my life. Just a... She was a friend of someone who worked at a comedy club. And she was like... Like furry... Light. She wore ears and a tail. And I'll be honest, it was working for me. But I don't, you know, it's it's not that I need to understand it to that you to give you the right to do whatever you want. I want if you want to wear a furry outfit, great. But I just don't know if that's that's gay pride. I shouldn't be talking about any of this, but. Look, I'm not, you know, I hear a lot of talk of, like, you know, more conservative people who they, they keep talking about drag, drag queens reading library books to children in library events. I don't even know how many places that's happening in the world. But it's also, like, it kind of feels silly to me. I mean, they're just, it's people dressed up. Would you be mad if clowns were reading books to kids in libraries? That might be offensive to say drag queens are clowns, but yeah, my point is valid. It's, you know, people who wear a lot of makeup and they've probably disappointed their parents. There's some apt comparisons. So that, yeah, that seems silly to me, where it's just like, these drag queens are, you know, polluting our children's minds, and I'm like, how often is this even happening? I never... Drag queens are fun. I've been to, like, two drag queen events. They were a blast. It was so fun. Did it, did it seem children-appropriate? No, but I assume... But I guess that's the other side of it. The other side of it is, like, as someone who, like, considers one of the most exciting advancements in my lifetime is gay marriage. As someone who identifies as left of center. Am I, am I allowed to also say, why the fuck are any drag queens reading children's books in a library? That doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Am I allowed to say that without it being a hate crime? Or without it, not a hate crime, but a hateful thing to say? I just said I love drag queens. They're fun. I like all that campy shit. It's fun. But I don't... 
Are we, you know, are we allowed to say, like, I want every sexuality to have the same rights, the same respect, the same, you know, uh, quality of life, the same prejudice-free existence, but also, yeah, why the fuck would drag queens be reading books to children? Am I, am I allowed to do that? Because I'm doing it. And again, I don't think it's actually happening that much. I think it's a bit of a, a just a talking point. But I'm not saying it like I think drag queens are immoral or I think, uh, I don't think people in dog masks are immoral. I'm saying maybe at what appears to be a family pride event You stay in the kennel. Gabriel at GabrielRutledge.com uh, to tell me how wrong I am. I never want, I don't want to, I don't want to take the side of like anger or hate. I love everybody. I'm not going to be a furry, but I, if you like it, good. You want to wear a dog mask? I have no problem with that. But you did freak the fuck out of my fifth grader. And I don't, I don't want my fifth grader to go, gay pride is scary. I want her to go, it's beautiful. Alright, I shouldn't talk. I don't know what I'm talking I would actually love feedback. I, uh, I have, I know I have a couple of gay listeners. I would love feedback on this, because I, I'm saying these things from like, uh, I, I hope from a place of love and not judgment. I mean, I had a little fun with it because I'm a comedian, but it's like, is there ever a point where you go like, yeah, we can't? The tent's getting a little too big. For the gay pride. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, one of the things I like about gay men is how, like, unapologetically sexual they are. Because they are men, after all. Everything you wanted to know about men uh, is in the Grinder app. Not that I have one. But from what I understand of the Grinder app, uh, it's just like, hey, do you want dick 1.3 miles from your location? I like that. I think every straight man is a little bit jealous of gay men's. Uh, we have to kind of keep our sex drive, uh, hidden a little bit. It's a little scary. It's a little scary to women. A man's sex drive. Not, obviously there's different. Everyone's different. It's not like all gay men are the same, obviously. But speaking in generalities, gay men seem to have a lot of fun with sex. With a lot less morality attached to it. 
so maybe the dog mask should be there. What the hell do I know? It's not my community. I'm just a concerned Karen parent. <laughs> my daughter saw a dog mask. They didn't call the cops or anything. I did see a cop there, though. Very short shorts. And handcuffs attached to a feather boa, which I do not believe is law enforcement official. Okay, talked about some shit I regret. Uh, talk to you next time.